and we are live with another episode of Lead Off Talk. I'm Caitlin, and joined, as always, by Gabe. Gabe, how's it going, everybody? I'm pretty good. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So, uh, in this episode, we both kind of decided, you know, let's just focus on the Cleveland Guardians. God, that's weird to still say. Um, <laughs> and, you know, right before, was it right before the um, the lockout or like a little bit after the I think lockout? it was like a week into it. I think it was yeah. like a week into the lockout. Because obviously they didn't do anything of note in free agency. You know, that I right. think they signed Sandy Leone. And they, <laughs> yeah, they signed uh, I don't know, some relief pitcher from the Phillies who had like a six ERA. That you know, <laughs> that, that'll probably end up working out well for them, just how they are. Right. Um, but it was reported that there is a potential new minority owner uh, coming in to the ownership group uh, for the Guardians, and uh, that could potentially lead to this guy. Uh, taking over as the majority share owner of the uh, the baseball team here in Cleveland uh, from the Dolans. And um, just first off, your initial thoughts on, uh, before we talk about this guy specifically, uh, just your initial thoughts on, you know, a uh, minority ownership for um, a, new minor- a new minority owner for the uh, baseball team. Um, I mean, I love it. I mean, any way to get the Dolans out, in my opinion, slowly but surely. And, I mean, even if it's going to take a little bit, he brings in revenue, money to the team, mm-hmm. which I think is one of the main things Dolans want because they don't want to spend their own money. So I think he, he will help us, maybe not this year, I'm hoping, soon, but I think he brings in more money, more. And like, like we've talked about before, it's not even about signing guys, it's about signing our own guys. And I think if he helps us do that, that's the first step. And um, the fact that everything I'm reading says, like, like you already stated, how it's going to bring, like, a path for him to own the team makes me excited. Because everything I've read about the guy, um, he likes to spend his money. And I don't want to sound selfish, but we need that. So I'm excited. It, it's, a, it's, it's exciting news, in my opinion. And for, I think, all Cleveland Guardian fans, Cleveland fans could, are excited about this move potentially happening if it, if it goes the way it's being reported. So this guy we're talking about, David Blitzer, he is a, let's see, um, head of tactical opportunities. Wait, no. He serves as the senior managing director and head of tactical opportunities for the Blackstone Group, which we don't have to get into that. Um, Right. But because, I I mean, I guess, I I mean, personally, I could go on rants about that. But either way, um, so he's been with them since 1991, it seemed like, uh, from his Wikipedia. But in 2011, he was part of the investment group that um, had a $280 million bid uh, to purchase uh, a share in the 76ers. And then, so he's part owner in the 76ers. He's a shareholder. I guess that's what they're calling it, a shareholder. He's a shareholder in the New Jersey Devils. He own or he's a shareholder in um, a couple English uh, Premier Football teams. Um, and then just like the other day, uh, Real Salt Lake, 
uh, in the MLS. Uh, he's a shareholder in that too. Um, he's also in 2014, he was part of an investment group that purchased 50% of the Yankees AAA team, uh, the Scranton Wilkes Barry Rail Riders. So, I mean, it's um, th this guy, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, no, he, he's definitely been in the sports world and he's been in the right. baseball world. Um, you know, like I said, he's part of the, he was part of the ownership group or a shareholder in the 76ers for 10 years. Um, same thing with in 2013, like I said, with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he's from New Jersey. It's, uh, it's interesting. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. You know, hopefully it ends up working out like uh how what was his name the kansas city uh royals owner john sherman i think his name was where uh, he was brought in or he was part of that and uh and he was you know integral in the payroll for the indians um kind of increasing during you know the 2016 2017 2018 guys where they went out and they signed edwin encarnacion and they went out and got um you know, Jay Bruce at the deadline, like they were willing to, you know, pay a significant amount of money uh, for, for certain players. And so, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I guess you could be optimistic, right? I mean, right. I mean, if, if I, uh, at war, I mean, they can't get any worse in my opinion. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like we have nobody. Are you, <laughs> who gives us money right now? Are you, nervous about like him potentially being the owner and like because you know, like moving years. the team yeah because that's always going to be the thing right and i'm not a huge like obviously i'm not a huge fan of the dolans but at least you know their heart is in cleveland they're clevelanders and i it, there's no way in my opinion that they would that they would move the team because right. it's just because it, they're they're, they're one of us, okay? Even though they're cheap and we, there's a, a number of issues, you know, when it comes to um, the financial part of building a baseball team, you know that it's always going to be Cleveland with them. Right. When I guess you're bringing somebody new in and you've had these issues, whether it's attendance or, or you know, stuff like that, it is a little, to me, it is a little nerve-wracking. Um, if because if this guy, you know, hopefully, hey, he comes in in the next five years, they're really good. And he's just like, all right, they just needed a boost of revenue. And, um, and you know, if I could be that type of guy, um, then, you know, maybe. Like, like that's all they needed uh, for right. the fan base to get kind of re-energized. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes, I mean, you would hope that that wouldn't happen. And I know that's like in the back of everybody's mind, but I don't know. I feel like if once he gets here, if he does become owner, he'll realize that if he spends the money and he, I feel like he makes his team a winning team, it already is a winning team. But if he like makes it more exciting, does that make sense? Yeah. I think that you would see the fans show up more and – I don't know. Like, I keep thinking back about the 2016 season. Like, we were sold out almost every game, I feel like. It looked like. 
especially and then he got to the playoffs and the atmosphere was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I feel like once he sees that and he sees what this town can become with like a winning team with a team that not even a winning team, because I, I, we've been winning, but I guess like when you see a front office that cares, that makes sense. Or oh, yeah. ownership that cares. Front office always cares. The ownership that cares. I think the fans see that and they're like, okay, they're spending money. And like I said, I feel like it's not taking, it doesn't take a lot. I feel like if you re-sign Ramirez and Bieber, right there that shows the fan base that you're trying. Right there, in my opinion. You don't have to go out and give somebody a 10-year, $400 million contract. We don't expect that, but we expect you to re-sign our guys to keep them here. Now, we under, I understand like once they get to a certain point, you can't, you can't uh, afford them. If they're like, a big, big, big time. Like I get it. Like our market's still our market, but like Jose. I mean, I guess I mean you forever. can make that opinion that you know when you talk about big time, big time. That's Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber, though. Yeah, but I feel like you know, fuck it. Yeah, yeah we need them. So big time, big time, make it happen. But I, I guess what I'm saying like that, you don't need like seven big time contracts on a team. No, maybe no, no. like we don't. I don't expect us to be the Yankees, but like I expect us to have. Like, I'm trying to think of a team that's, like, middle of the pack, but they spend on their own. Make sure guys don't leave. Can you think of any? I'm trying to think. Um, I'm looking at the payroll right now for, for teams. Um, so, even Atlanta. Look, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. But the Rays. The Rays just getting <clears throat> Ronder or, like, um, uh, San Diego. Like, I know they're kind of higher paid now, but the way they re-signed Tatis, mm-hmm. like, they were nothing for 10 years. <laughs> so, that's that's what I'm talking about, that kind of stuff. Go ahead. You know, I'm just like looking at um, you know, for the total payroll for 2022. Um, Atlanta is at 125 million. Maybe even that is a little much. The league average is 114 million. I would expect, you know, even a little below that. Even at like 100 million, right? 100 million. Right. The Brewers, uh, the Cubs, the Nationals. Now, obviously, the Nationals like they, they, they did fork over a lot of money to like Max Scherzer. So that's, you know, was cut. Um, but like the Reds, like nobody really sees the Reds as, you know, big market players, but, but they're, they're at 105. And then you have right. the Guardians all the way at the bottom. Do you want to guess what they are? Like, uh, like 20, for like, 2022 total. Uh, I want right to say, if is it like 27 or 38? It's 29 million. 29, okay. The yeah, Orioles, 29.4, and then Pittsburgh, 34.4. I mean, what's hilarious, like, the, the for the Guardians, right? Like, Kevin Love is at 32 right now, just for right. him alone. <laughs> Kevin Love is more expensive than the entire Guardians. Uh, right. But the thing that upsets me, like, you reading that is, like, we're bottom three with those two teams, and those two teams don't win, and we win. Yeah. Like that's that I think that's what upsets me the most. Like, why do you not like like I just don't understand how ownership can look at that and be like okay with that, I guess. And they wonder why fans don't go. It's because we're 0.5 million lower than the Baltimore, who has been a laughing stock <laughs> what five years now. Right. And I mean the Since it's funny. JJ how it's Hardy. Kinda, yeah, it's fu- yeah, it's funny how like it's kind of gapped out because you have obviously the big the big time. There's three teams over 200 million, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees. Then you have um, the Padres, White Sox, uh, Boston, Philly, the Angels, and Houston. Um, They're all kind of 
like within, well, I guess the Padres are like 180, but then it's like 169, 164, 163, uh, 157. And then the Cardinals, 137. Toronto, 132. The Braves, 124. And then, you know, then it kind of starts to drop off a little bit more. I mean, they just spent a ton of money, but they're 114, the Giants. They're only 114? Yeah. Yeah, one, that's the thing. They're 114, and they just gave out two big contracts. So mm-hmm. if we bring out, we give out two big contracts, we'll be right around 100. Like, people – like, oh, dude, that, that proves my point right there. Yep. Like, yep. the Rangers gave out two of the biggest contracts to the middle middle infield, right? Seager and uh, Simeon? And Simeon, yeah. Yeah, and, they, and they're and they still – like average or below average and like it's yeah they're, like you they're can do it guys average. yeah or they're yeah. just at average they're that's the thing like i don't average. expect us to sign nine people but you should be able to sign those two guys oh 100 percent. and i mean it's it's more like the like i said you know the the cincinnati reds 105 i think that's that should be a normal target if you're right. if you're a, a guardians fan Indians fan again we're when we talk about the Indians or Guardians or the Cleveland baseball team we're just going to intertwine the same names because eventually we're going to get used to saying the Guardians but you know you right. know what we mean I haven't seen them on TV we, yet once yeah, they get set on TV what, I'll figure it out yeah we know it, it, there's no we're not doing it out of spite either um maybe right. I, I'm not maybe you are I don't know no, honestly, the, the more I like I've said about it, the more I thought about it, I actually like the name. I just I only thing I hate about it is that if you're not from Cleveland, you have no idea what it means. Oh yeah. I'd like if, you, yeah, if you're from the city yeah. of Cleveland or if you're from around the area, you get it. But if you're not, you're like guardian. Like that. But I mean, you know what's funny? Even people from Cleveland had no idea what the guardians were. Yeah, and that upsets me. You should know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They really, they really should know. Um but I mean, like, you know, going back to the payroll stuff, uh, the Giants, I mean, one of the better teams in baseball last year, 107. Uh, the Reds, yeah. 105, like I said. The Tigers, 103. And that's with a terrible um, Miguel Cabrera contract. They yeah, just and they just overpaid for Javi Baez. Yeah, they like, overpaid for Javi Baez. And um, uh, Ed, uh Edward Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Eduardo. 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 Yeah. yeah. Eduardo. The lefty from Boston. Yeah. Um, Somebody over, and a lot of people think they overpaid for him too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it was like he was statistically like the most unlucky player in baseball last year, though. Yeah. But either, I mean, either like, way, like they're right. building a competitive team right now, mixed with a lot of young players. The Brewers a, at a hundred million. I mean, yes, I mean they have Christian Yelich. But again, like, like that's their guy. They and then they're building a team around Christian Yelich and a lot of right. And they have oh, it's still pitching is to die for. They're they're basically like, except they have a way better offense. So when I say this, just they're like the Indians of the NL, except they have way better offense. Mm -hmm. Like if the Indians had like a legit better, like all we have is Jose right now. I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean we have like good guys, but like. I don't know. Before we I don't have that stuff. I, I mean, we don't. Yeah, we we don't have that like stuff. I mean, you know, the Brewers have, they have like weird. They have like the veteran guys, like Lorenzo Cain, who's just like always constantly good. Right, um, and they got Hunter Renfro. They got, they got, yeah, got well, now they got Hunter Renfro. That's a steal. That really is a steal from, for the worst offense player in baseball. Yeah, that didn't make much sense. 
I mean, we talked yeah. about that they, in one of the past. They episodes. did. They and they they lost a good right fielder and got him. They lost um, mm-hmm. Garcia, right? Did, yeah. Where did he go? Did he uh, sign? Miami. Miami, yeah. Was it like one year or something like that? Or, no, they even no, big I think one, it was like they? a four-year deal. Yeah, yeah, they, good for Miami too. Miami, that's a team too that's coming up. But I mean, Miami, okay, they they're at fifty-five. So like you know, talking about like where it's grouped off, there's like a number of teams at like a hundred and seven to like ninety. Like that's that's basically one big contract. The Giants. And, and to Colorado, about a $15 million right. difference. And then another $15 million when it comes to the Rays, Royals, A's, Twins, Mariners, and, um, and, and Diamondbacks. They're all at 65 to 60, or no, 75 to 66 million. And then you have the Marlins at 55. And then a $20 million drop to the Pirates at 34, the Orioles at 29. And then the Indi- or the Guardians at twenty nine too. And I mean, hey, if like for right now, it's okay, I guess, because you have you know so many young players, and you know I'm looking at their payroll right now. You have so so many guys just heading into arbitration, or like they're still pre arbitration. So you have Shane Bieber, um, who was pre arbitration, and, and I think this is his first year of arbitration. Um, same thing with Fran Mill. Um, really, your most expensive guy outside of, you know, Jose Ramirez is Ahmed Rosario at four at four point eight million dollars. Um, I don't want to live in a planet though that my third highest paid player is Austin Hedges. Yeah, <laughs> at three point. And that's million. why that's where I am. Yeah. Yep. Third highest paid players. Oh. I mean, it's it's kind of pathetic, really. Really, really, really is. Because you're just looking at, I mean, yes, they have a lot of very young players. I mean, the especially the pre-arbitration guys. Miles Straw, he's an important guy. Zach Plesek, um, Tristan McKenzie. Nick Sandlin. Uh, yeah, uh, Karen Check, a Class A. Aaron Savala, Bobby Bradley. I mean, those those guys are going to be focal points of your team. Right. No, I agree. But then it's just like, okay, okay, Shane Bieber, he's going to get, he's going to get a pay raise <laughs> from half a million to five point five million, or expected because of you know this first year of arbitration. But you still have guys like you know Josh Naylor. He's pre-arbitration. You still have Cal Crontrell who's pre-arbitration. Um, it's like, it, we're not even expecting them to go out and they go get Freddie Freeman or whatever, because that would right. be stupid. But like, you know, you have Jose Ramirez at $12 million. He's 29 years old. Like, go give, literally, go give him a, a contract expense, extension. Bump him up to like $22 million, another $10 million or whatever over the next four or five years and he's happy you know you're you're like hey we're gonna re-sign our guys same thing with Shane Bieber you don't think Shane Bieber would take a, a six year extension you give him a raise for his couple years of arbitration right and then you buy out a couple years of his free agency and you, you're still gonna give him a, a ton of money and then he'll be happy and then if he hits free agency at 33 
like you're okay with it for the most part mm-hmm. but it's like hey at least you had him for a pretty decent chunk of his career right i agree so man it's um it's interesting. I mean, just looking at the payroll, the fact that Jose Ramirez is 41% of the payroll at 12 million, I mean, it's just laughable. <laughs> it's so funny right. to me. I mean, oh, even, yeah. like, it, even like Fran Mill, like, I don't think anybody would mind signing him to like a, a five or six year extension, even though he's going to be your DH, but you know what you're going to get from Fran Mill when, when he's healthy. I mean, even last year mm-hmm. when he wasn't healthy, he was pretty damn good. Um, I agree. When he was on the uh, when he was on the field, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a moment that he might have been the hottest hitter in baseball for like a two week. I mean, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. But he was the hottest hitter in baseball. You could make a thing for like almost like a month. He was on fire. I'm trying to find his stats from last year. Uh, 115 games. Yeah, 115 games. He had 30 home runs, 85 RBIs. I think you'd take that. Yeah, his average was a little low at, at 254. Um, but he had a 1.58 war. I mean, this guy, this guy was pretty good. Yeah. And I think I think I think he's gonna get better <laughs> as the uh, as time rolls on, too. Yeah, and honestly, I think if you just put him at the H and tell him just to hit, I think that's fine too. Yeah, yeah, but I, I kind of would like to see him, um, you know, play right field, like maybe once or twice. I would too. He just makes me nervous, and I guess it makes me nervous with him, and it's not because he isn't an athlete because he is. I think he just doesn't get – they don't play him out there enough to get him comfortable. So I think all you're doing is waiting – like it's waiting for an injury to happen, in my opinion. Like I think if you're going to put him out there, you put him out there more than – what are they doing, like twice a month, once a month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like if you're going to do I think you got to do it more consistently, get him comfortable. If you don't get him comfortable, he's got to look like he's afraid out there. Or not, like, not afraid, but, like, he's lost. You, you got to get him some, like, actual get in-game reps. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, it's like Ahmed Rosario. When they put him in center field in spring training, his first two games, he made, like, yeah. seven errors. Yeah, that was so It was bad. the worst <laughs> I've ever seen. But you can make a case. I mean, I'm not saying he was amazing, but he was getting the job done when he was out there in the regular season. I think, and then just obviously, Jimenez, Jimenez wasn't hitting, so you had to put up, pull so him in. To, but and then, and yeah, but then but, look what happened when you put Rosario back in his comfortable position. I would. I think the thing with Lindor is, or uh, Rosario, is that we were so used to Lindor the past five seasons that just he makes the hard plays look so easy. So then when somebody struggles to make those plays, like Rosario has, we're just like shit, get it together. Like, but. Like if he keeps him the way he is, he's gonna find a he's gonna find a way on this roster, and he's gonna find a way of playing it. If it's that short, it's that short. If that second, it's that second. But if he's hitting, he's hitting. He's gonna he's gonna be on this team. Yeah, and I think with a player like him, you know, you just wherever he's most comfortable. You know, obviously center field wasn't great for him, um, but you know, you could tell that his bat really came alive once he um, once he started playing shortstop, you know, his normal position. And I, it's kind of one of those things where, as of right now, for this team, you know, defensively, he's he's not that great. But if he's hitting 280, I don't think anybody's that upset about it. You know what I mean? No, yeah, and I agree. 100%. And, hey, 
maybe he's he's better at shortstop when you have a better second baseman, you know, defensively playing next to him. Right. Or maybe he's better at second base when you have a better shortstop playing next to him. Like, who knows? Or, you know, hey, he's your starter shortstop for this year. And then next offseason, you deal him. And because, I mean, how many, Jesus Christ, how many top prospect shortstops and middle infielders do the, uh, do they have? You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. There's going to be an odd man out somewhere. And I think the Very whole, true. hey, let's move Jose Ramirez to second is, that's not, that's never going to happen. Even though. No. Ideally, I think if it was going to happen, it had to have happened by now. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And especially now when you have someone like Nolan Jones, who it sounds like he's, He's playing more outfield anyway. Right. And you know what? Maybe that's a good thing for him. Maybe, maybe they're on the, the, the early curve of him playing outfield, kind of like Lonnie Chisenhall or Alex Gordon. Because, I mean, oh, remember yeah. Alex Gordon? Yeah. That guy was a top prospect or a, a top – was he the number one overall pick for the Royals? I, I almost thought like that he was. He was like a top five pick. I know. All that. I know is that he was like generational talent when he was at every thought third base was like what he was going to be. And that guy was awful as a next third great thing. <laughs> God awful. And then he moves to left field and becomes a multiple time gold glover and an uh, extremely reliable bat. And you're yeah. just like, well, you know, you don't have to worry about things. I mean, we saw it with Lonnie Chisenhall. Like, you know, he maybe he wasn't exactly what we all thought as a, a first round pick but for a decent amount of years like he was a very solid guy and um maybe they're just trying to get ahead of the curve when it when it comes to nolan jones and you know, yeah. finding a place where he's comfortable to play because i mean now it's like they have they have options internally but it's like what do they think about the, the set options and like right how good are they going to actually be? So somebody like Nolan Jones, somebody like Josh Naylor playing a corner outfield, um, like we talked about earlier, like Framo maybe playing some corner outfield eventually or, you know, a couple times a week. Even if it's once a week, just to like, hey, DH Josh Naylor or DH, um, you know, Bobby Bradley and Naylor could play first. Like, who knows? I mean, who knows what they even think about Bobby Bradley? You know, mm-hmm. I would say I like he's my favorite player, but I don't know what they think of him to be an everyday uh, first baseman or if he can even be that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's a di- it's difficult because I think we have a good roster, but you also have a bunch, a bunch of guys who could be really like could be decent to good or be really, really bad. I think that's like even Rosario, like he had a really good year, but like the year before that with the Mets, he did not do good. Yeah, but that was COVID. So year. that that's yeah, what's it, always it tough. The COVID years is is always kind of tough. I always take that with a grain of salt. Like that is true. I but mean, like you, even the young guys that came up, like like uh, Jimenez, Jimenez, however you say his name. Yeah, I he was he was actually pretty solid in the COVID year, and then last year, yeah, and then last year he wasn't. I mean, he started playing a little better towards the end, but then like Owen Miller got called up. He didn't. And he also got moved around every game, and I don't know if that was what they needed to do with him, but he didn't play that well. Um, you no. chain. I don't have. I don't. Wasn't yeah. You chain Clement. I mean, Clement. I feel like Clement is the bona fide utility guy who can just sit the bench and come in and play anywhere. So I'm not really worried about him because I don't think they see him as a starter. But he didn't play that well. Um, I'm trying to think who else anybody else could call it up. 
I think that was it. For people I mean, you, you had guys up. like Bradley Zimmer finally get an opportunity. And, yeah. I mean, he was And Bobby okay Bradley looked really good. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Bradley at times. At, at times really great. And then other times, like, well, he's this is a rookie playing. This is him. Yeah. But I think if you have 162 games at first base, he's he's going to be a I, – I don't I won't say a stud, but he'll be what you think. He's going to hit 30, 30, 30 bombs, maybe more. Mm-hmm. He's going to strike out a lot. Yeah. But you take the good with the bad. And if he improves his defense, which I still say Santana was not a great first baseman when he got there, was one of the best, in my opinion, when he left yeah. the Indians. Yeah, and so I still have faith that if Bobby works, he can be a good first baseman too. And honestly, all I all I need him to do is get picks. To be honest, that's like the biggest thing to me—just pick the ball. But I I have faith, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I suppose that's go that goes back to you know potential new owner. Like if okay, you you bring in a a. a, a a guy who's planning on taking over at some point in the future. Maybe he see, you know, the hope is he sees what a good operation you have going. And it's not just like, cause I don't think, I don't think any of us think Tito is going to be the, the manager in five years. Um, but, you know, I, I still think, and I still hope that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff are like the guys running the day-to-day, you know, front office uh, operations in five years. I mean, that's the hope. And I suppose the hope is, hey, this is, we we have a system in place that we've been doing this for like 25 years and it it works out more than it doesn't. And, you know, hopefully with the new ownership, because that's always a thing. Is this is this new potential owner gonna be like Dan Gilbert and start from scratch every couple of years? You know, right. it, it takes him what was it? I think Gilbert bought the team in like 05, I think it was. And it was what 2019 or 2020 when they finally signed the GM to a second contract with Colby Altman. Yeah. I mean, and then don't even get us started with, with Brown's ownership. I mean, that's just been completely awful. So, yeah, it's um, it's a risk, definitely. And I guess we'll see the reward or see if there's any reward, um, you know, going forward. I think in the in the near future, I mean, the hope is okay. This guy becomes new. Uh, this guy brings an influx of of money. And you go and you re-sign Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez. And I think, and then I think everybody's happy. And then they could go get their new Guardians jerseys. And you go, this is our guy for the next four or five years and for the rest of their prime. And, and you're happy about it. Um, yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's out of the realm of an actual, like a realistic expectation or even the reality of the situation either. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I hundred percent agree. So, and like, and we've talked about it many times that I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. You give Chris Antonetti money and he's going to be, it, he's the devil with it. He's, he's going to terrify these teams. <laughs> you give him, you give this, this man has been doing the God's work for us <laughs> with mm-hmm. nothing, pennies. Mm-hmm. You give him dollars. Oh, you, 
fucked up will come in. It's over. And I, I stand by that. Like, like we talked about with the, the, the uh, salary floor. You put a salary floor in, no team wants that because the Indians and Rays, and I'll say even Oakland maybe, but Indians and Rays are going to fuck shit up. Yep. And I thought oh, the league doesn't want that. So the Yankees don't want to battle a, a $100 million team in the yeah. Cleveland, Indi- and Cleveland mean, Guardians. Even a $100 million is like probably not going to happen. But even like right. 70, I think is at least respectable. And I mean, yeah. that's, that's $40 million from what they have right now. That's yeah, $40 million. That, that, is, that is re-signing Jose and Shane Bieber right there. Yeah, it's very true. And like I said, I think we'd all be super happy with with that. And then, hey, you know, you you sign Fran Miller Reyes to a, a nice extension, you know, buy out a couple of years of his free agency. And, you know, if he walks at 32 or 33, then, you know, you're fine with that. But at least, like, he's your guy. And I think that's – I think if you're a Cleveland baseball fan, that's, like, the mentality of, like, that's all you really want. You just want, hey, these are my favorite players – and they're good, and I want to root for them as long as I can. And I again, I just yeah. don't think that's too crazy to ask for. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. And okay, it makes me like mad, angry, happy, all at the same time. I think about what could be and what is now. <laughs> but again, like like I said, the flip side is you could have a egomaniac as an owner, like Dan Gilbert. That's very true. But like I said, all I've read about him is he seems like a pretty like I don't I don't I haven't read anything about him that like scares me if that makes sense. And I think if he just comes in and wants yeah, to build a winning team, yeah, but do people really know what a minority like who this minority right, owner that's guy true. is? I feel like I feel like he's got to be a. I mean, I understand there's only so much you can learn about a guy, but I mean, I feel like the Dolans only won't like wouldn't uh, put up with a guy that they didn't trust. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I feel I, like they're very like think... to themselves. And I do think, like, I don't see them getting rid of, you know, when they do sell, I don't see them getting rid of a a giant portion. Or I don't see them getting rid of all of their stake. You know, maybe just their controlling stake, but, like, they still own, like, 20% of the team. and Yeah, I can see something like that. Which, again, that's fine. And probably, ideally, what they wanted anyway. Um, Yeah. But it's also, like, if you can't field a, a competent team, not a competent, but like financially, if you can't field a, a competent team or again, I don't even want to say competent team because they've been good with a with a payroll that's less than what the Cavs are paying Kevin Love. You know what I mean? So it's just like Yeah. Yeah. Well, however you wanna I, say it. Like however you wanna like competent as in like I don't know. Like fiscally competent, I guess. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So I get what you're saying. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting uh well if it's lock out up friends, it's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think it the hope is it will eventually. It I, will, I, but the fact that every time here and they don't even talk, they haven't even talked. They haven't even talked. I think if you yeah. talk is not a good sign. And you're just like, How are you gonna get all your talk in in like you know, the next six weeks before spring training to start. Because that's, exactly. that's, that's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, literally yeah. six weeks. Spring training. Yeah. It, it I just can't wait thing. for players to have their profile pictures back. Yeah, that's the funniest thing, too. No? <laughs> like, they just, they're all just generic. 
right. outline guys. And, and the then I love how like they've embraced it too, the players. Yeah. Making it their the biggest thing, pictures. If this keeps happening, we're not gonna have a show. And the show is just gonna well, cease to exist. We're gonna have what was his name? Barry uh, Oh yeah, John Dowd for Barry Bell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, well, actually, yeah, I think, I think it's a little different because they're, they're negotiated through the Players Association, so I think they're all right. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Never mind. So, I guess it's a little uh, bit. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Gabe, is there anything uh, more you wanted to chat about? No, I, I think we, I mean, we complained a lot, which is fine. We talked good. I think we got, got everything in there. All right. You, Gabe, you want to shout your yep. Twitter in the <laughs> yeah at the pod. Um, you can follow me at Yanez Gabe thirteen Y N E Z G A B E one three, and then um follow the podcast on Twitter at Leadoff Talk and L E A D O F F. This isn't scripted. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then talk T A L K. Jesus, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, right hey, you want to shout out yours? <laughs> I mean, not really, not particularly, but I guess I will. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin O'Cele. That's Caitlin K A T L A N. That was K N O W S C L E. And uh, yeah, it's a fun little episode. You get, in, in case you didn't listen to, you know, if, in case you couldn't hear uh, through Gabe's laughter, you could follow him at Yana's Gabe 13. That's Y A N E Z. G A B E one three, and then lead off talk. L E A D O F F T A L K. Did I do a good job? That. You did a great job. Thank you. All right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and uh, as always, friends, take it easy, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. See ya.